Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. a lot. Praise God. And Robert, what an opening this morning, man. I tell you what, that was just amazing. Thank you. I, I, I love it when you lead the service. I do. I love that. And I love the call is back. We're going to get our guitar player back next week, uh, our additional guitar player. So, we lo- I'm so we've missed you. We really have. And we just appreciate him. And, you know, God's doing some cool things in this church. Amen. We're really just appreciative. Amen. I'm just, I'm just so grateful. I wanted to let you know, because some of you have probably asked me about this, my, my folks have started a, a church service over at the retirement facility that they're at, and they're unable to do both. They're unable to come and do that as well. So we're going to bless them and encourage them as they reach out to, to those people who really don't have an option of going anywhere. So that's where they're at. If you're missing them, I want you to know where they are, and they are with you in heart. Amen. I tell you what, we've already got our Christmas present. Our son is home with us, and uh, it makes our family whole. And, uh, of course, our daughter staying home with us is always a blessing because we love her so much. And she's turned into this great cook, too, which is also a real blessing because I love food. (laughs) I don't know how to say that any other way. I love fried chicken, just not from Safeway. I'm messing with you. Every time I go into Safeway, Justice Lucky, he's like, if you have chicken, no, I don't have chicken. I hide it from him. Then I get arrested for shoplifting. But I want to talk to you this morning. We've been talking about the kingdom of heaven. Amen? And we, we've been talking about the kingdom of heaven, and you read it a lot in Scripture. But before I talk about this, I actually need to make some announcements, don't I, Nick? All right? So you told me, and I didn't do it, did I? So here are the announcements. i got to get my glasses. So... Immediately after service, look at your neighbor and say, immediately after service. Look at your neighbor and say, you are invited. Look at your other neighbor and say, you are invited. Look at someone you don't like and say, you are invited. (laughs) Amen. We're having potluck after service. This is going to be... This is going to be our combination potluck Christmas dinner. We have things to give away, high-ticket things. I'm, not, I'm just going to share you some gifts I spent $5 for. Yeah, we're talking high-dollar stuff here. So, elders, we have something for you today. So please, please stay. Have food with us. Elders, we're going to serve you. We want to honor you today. We appreciate you. If you don't know or not whether you are an elder, then ask somebody and they can tell you, okay? Praise God. And so what is our next one? We have the Pursue Christmas Party. There was a little bit of confusion on this, so let me clarify it. Pursue is our young adult group. If you're a young adult, PJ, do not raise your hand. If you're a young adult, raise your hand. Okay. 
Some of you, you're not a young adult. <laughs> so this is for a, a party for the young adults to get together. It's going to be on Wednesday night. They said, what, what service can we miss? Let's do Will service. And so that's, <laughs> that's what they did. No, I'm just joking, Will. Uh, so they're going to have the young adult party. Uh, and that's going to be on Wednesday night. Strictly for the young adults, if you're between the ages of 20 and 30, I believe, or 18 to 30, 18 to 30, uh, I was invited, my understanding. No, I'm not invited. Okay, no, I just want to make sure. Kind of hurts a little bit, but that's fine. Okay, so that's coming up. What is the next one? Now, next Sunday, we are going to be having a Christmas Eve service. Not in the evening. It's going to be in the morning. It's going to be a special service, and we're going to have it at 11 o'clock, but we're not going to have a night service. We're not having a night service tonight, but we're going to have a Sunday morning service, and that service is going to be dedicated to preaching the gospel of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Now, the following week, we're going to have our normal Sunday morning service. And normally we have prayer at what time? 6.30. Notice that Randy didn't say anything because he never knows what time it is, okay? All right. I love him, but he just, anyway. So we're, gonna we're not going to have our normal 6.30 service. We're going to actually delay it until 10 o'clock. We're going to have a watch night service. We're going to spend the next two hours in prayer for the coming year. We're going to have some coffee. We're going to have some cake and some candy here for you to enjoy. That's in two weeks, okay? But I feel like that we as a church need to enter this year with prayer, amen? We need to enter this year with prayer. Okay, is that everything, Nick? Okay, thank you. I, I had told him to hold me accountable because I forget those examples. So immediately following the service is our potluck dinner. Uh, we have some ham, we have some, some roast, uh, and we have all the sides that you brought. I know we have some great cooks in here. I have prayed fervently for fry bread to be made, so hopefully my prayers have been answered. Uh, but if not, it's okay. We're still going to have great fellowship today. Amen? Amen. Amen. Man, you guys look awesome today. Look at your neighbor and say, look, you look awesome. All right, look at your other neighbor and say, you look pretty. Hopefully you picked the right person to say that to. Amen? Now, my wife looked at me before service and said, we have food downstairs that's not able to go into the refrigerator, so you need to make it quick. So I looked at her and said, you know who I am. I'm going to be quick in my sermon. And then she repeated herself. I'm not sure why she did that. <laughs> so we're going to try to make this quick as we can, but we, I still have a message from the Lord from you. Amen? So... I want you to bring up this verse that is at the end of the scripture that I gave you. John chapter 4, verse 24. I want us to read this together. John chapter 4, verse 24. If you have it in your Bibles, go there. I'm going to be reading out of the New King James Version. While they're waiting to bring that up, I want to share it with you. The Bible says, God is a spirit. Amen? We understand that? A lot of times we try to make God into this and God into that, but God has a spirit. And then he says, and those, this is Jesus talking, and those who worship him must worship him or must worship in the spirit and truth. Can I say that again? Let's change that to the New King James Version, please. That's NIV. Can we do that? Let's read that again. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. 
Amen? Can we say that one more time? God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Well, pastor, what does that have to do with the kingdom of heaven? Everything. Everything. It has everything to do with the kingdom of heaven, and that's what I want to talk with you about today, because the church... Listen to me here, okay? I'm going to say some things that are going to be kind of direct. The church needs to get back to worship, but not just any worship, amen? You may raise your hands, but it may not be worship. You may sing, but it may not be worship. There is a worship that we must do. According to the Bible, it says we must worship him this way. There is a worship that we must do that the church has to find again. What we've done is we've, we've approached worship in a way that we're comfortable with. We've approached worship in a way that we like, that we, that we think is, is good or, or this or that. And I'm going to tell you this morning that God is saying, this is how I want you to worship me. This is how I want you to worship with me. I want you to worship me in spirit and in truth. All of us in this room, we come from different backgrounds. I love it that we do. We have people from Ukraine. God bless you. We have people from Haiti. God bless you. We have people who've lived here their whole life or maybe come from the village. We have people that come from other parts of the country. But bless God, we may come from different backgrounds. We may come from different cultures, but we have to worship the same way in the sense that we worship in spirit and in truth. Amen? Now, your worship may be different than mine though. You know that? Your worship may be, maybe you express yourself a different way. Guess what? That's okay. Did you know that? It's okay because we're going to worship God in spirit. That means the innermost part of who we are and in truth. Amen? We have forgotten truth in the church today. Truth has become subjective. Truth is not subjective today. Truth is the word of God. Amen? Truth is Jesus. Amen? Praise God, praise God. Now, God desires for us, has always been to have a relationship with us. He wants relationship with us. Now, I want you to understand this morning, that's what prayer is. When you pray to God, you are communicating with him. You are talking to God. And sometimes if we close our mouths and open our ears, he talks back to us, either through something in our spirit or through the word of God. Amen? But what we see today in the church are those who are trying to dictate to God what is right and wrong. Friday of this week, I was at a store. I was making a purchase, and somebody asked me if I was a pastor of the church. And I began talking to them and talking to them about coming to church. And the moment, the moment that I started talking about sin, they became uncomfortable. Because it was clear that they were living in a lifestyle that was sinful. It was clear that they were living in a lifestyle they shouldn't live in. Amen? And so they didn't want to hear that and they walked off because they said, I don't want any part of that because I disagree with your theology. You don't have to, it's not a matter of disagreeing with me. It's a matter of what the word of God, the word of God is final. Amen? But the word of God is just. The word of God is righteous. The word of God is holy. The word of God is pure. Amen? 
praise God and praise God again. But we have people who are trying to tell God you're right or you're wrong. How many understand that we can't tell God who was right and who was wrong? Amen? And we have those who are trying to speak for God who have no relationship with God. Have you noticed that? Come on, let me say that again. We have people trying to speak for God who have no relationship with God. Amen? I want to tell you, there's plenty of preachers out there on YouTube who claim to speak for God, and they don't know who God is and even. They don't know who he is. And I will tell you, if you're listening to YouTube all the time, you need to be careful what you're listening to. Because that will pull you in and that will confuse you and you'll get into doctrine that has nothing to do with God. Be careful who you listen to. But many people are trying to say God said this and God never said that. Amen. There is only one God. There is his son and the Holy Spirit and that is who we listen to. Amen. But to understand the kingdom of heaven... We need to understand what worship is, and that's what that relationship is between God when we worship him. But unfortunately, sin, sin corrupts our worship. Sin has corrupted our worship. How do I know that? You ever done something wrong, and you know you've done something wrong, and then you immediately try to go pray? What does it feel like? It feels like your arms weigh about two tons, and you can't even lift them up, can you? It impedes our worship. Sin has corrupted that. We are tainted by sin because of the fall of man. In addition to that, we all have traditions and customs that dictate who we are, which is okay until we let those traditions affect our relationship with God. I'm going to say that one more time because I want you to hear me. We let our traditions and the things that we've been taught in the way that we should be affect our relationship with God. And I want to demonstrate to you today that nothing should ever come between us and God. It doesn't take away from who you are, but I want to tell you, when you line yourself up with God, it only enhances what you've been taught. Amen? It only, it only brings it out. Amen? We have to understand that God doesn't want to take away the traditions, but he wants to show you that we have to worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen? And if what we've been taught is doesn't align with his word, then we've got to line up with his word. Amen? If what we've been taught doesn't line up with his word, then we need to line up with his word. Amen? Some of us were taught growing up that if we don't go to church, we're going to hell. That's not true. Now, I'm going to tell you, it doesn't help you. It doesn't help you. Being in church only builds you up. Amen? I mean, how awesome is it to see your neighbor next to you, see people you know, and then we're going to go downstairs, we're going to eat some great food. How awesome is that? Amen? Isn't that wonderful? You love doing that? Coming to church is awesome. But listen, we've been told so many things are going to, you're going to go to hell if you do that. You're going to go to hell if you do that. And, and I understand that there's sin and if you live a sinful lifestyle. But I want to tell you this morning that we get to get away from those things, that legalism, and embrace the God of grace that he actually is. Amen? He is a God of grace and mercy, but he also holds us accountable. It's quick to say, or it's easy to say, Lord, forgive me for my sin, and then he restores, amen? Isn't that amazing how God does that? Some of us feel like that if we sin, that there's no way I can ever make it up to God. That's not true. All it does, all you got to do is just simply say, Lord, forgive me, and he restores that moment. Then he gives you the strength to walk in a life that you should, amen? We've got to get back to that moment. 
Some of you know this story that I was reading about, about God as spirit. It's the story of the woman at the well. And I want to talk a little bit about that this morning if I can, because I want to demonstrate to you how God is trying to reach us today. Scripture says, if you could bring this up, John chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, he says this. He, meaning Jesus, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. Jesus was doing the circuit. He was going from one place to the next. He was going wherever the Spirit was leading him. But then the verse says, at verse 4, if you have your Bible, verse 4, look at this. Are you ready? He said, but, but, he, what's that word there? Needed. He needed to go through Samaria. Oh, man. There's so much. I could preach for two hours just on that. I could preach for two. I'm not, I got something else to talk about, but I got to tell you something in this today. You have no idea what God is doing right now to reach you. He needs to come to you. Amen? He needed to go to Samaria. Well, why is that a big deal, Pastor? What is, what is the big deal about going through Samaria? Because the Samaritans were considered less than by the Jews. Don't raise your hand, but has anybody ever felt less than before? You ever felt like that you didn't measure up? You ever felt like that people looked at you differently because maybe your skin color or maybe who you are or maybe your name, maybe where you're from? Has anybody ever felt like that? That's the way the Samaritans were. See, they weren't a pure race of Jews. The Jews looked down. I don't have time to get into the history there, but the Jews looked down upon them. As a matter of fact, there was a scripture one time where someone, when the Pharisees were mad at Jesus, they said, you are a Samaritan and you're possessed by a demon. In other words, that wasn't a kind thing to say. It was an insult. Can you imagine your whole race being used as an insult? I think we all know what that's like, don't we? Some of us more than others. The Samaritans were forgotten people. The Samaritans were looked at negatively. They were put down. They were, they were stepped upon. And people, the, the people of that day would walk three days around Samaria just to not pass through the town. But Jesus, Jesus said, I need to go where no one else is willing to go. I need to go and reach people that they need to hear what I have to say. Everyone else has rejected them, but I have not rejected them. Amen? Now, see, I want you to understand that because so many people in this room feel rejected. You feel like nobody loves you. You, you have maybe even felt like the church has rejected you. Can I tell you the enemy will lie to you and tell you that? Can I tell you, you'll, you'll come into church and you feel like people are looking at you like they don't want you here? First of all, if that ever happens to you, tell me. Point them out to me. I'll go have a conversation with that person. We'll come together and we'll make it right, okay? Everybody is welcome in this church, okay? Look at your neighbor and say, you are welcome, amen? Listen, I, I'm going to be a little crazy here, okay? I've said this a hundred times, but if you're a man and you're wearing a dress, you're welcome in our church. You know why? Because they need Jesus too. They need, where are they going to go? Where are they going to go? They're going to go to some other church that welcomes them and tells them their sin is okay? No, we're going to welcome in here and say, brother, we love you, but you need to change. Put on some pants. 
Okay? What about the woman who's confused about who she is? We're going to love her, and we're going to help her get it right. What if the alcoholic comes in? We're going to put our arm around them, give them a, tooth, a tic-tac, and tell them that we love them. Okay? What if, what if the homosexual comes in? What if, what if the pedophile comes in? We're going to put our arms around them. We're going to make sure we protect the kids, and we're going to love them and make it okay, all right? I'm just telling you, Jesus doesn't reject anybody, amen? Jesus died on the cross for everybody in here, everybody. I don't care what color you are. You may be brown, black, white, polka dot. He cared for you, and he loved you, and he died for you this morning, okay? He died for you this morning. There's no greater message than that message right there. Brothers and sisters, God has not rejected you. As a matter of fact, God looked at you this morning and told his son, you need to get in their life. Mm, Boy, that's some good preaching right there. He needs to get into your life, amen? You know the story, Jesus shows up at the well, ask him to drive some water, and can I, can I tell you right now, you're, you wasn't supposed to do that? See, Jesus was a man, she was a woman, that was taboo. You're not supposed to do those things, that was tradition, that was unacceptable. Can I tell you, Jesus could care less about traditions like that? Amen. Jesus says, I'm going to go where they are and where they need me. Amen. I'm not going to worry about what people think about me as I get in the dirt with people sometimes. And I love on them and I tell them who they need, tell them what they need to know. And he reached out to this young woman and he begins to tell her in his very loving terms, not pushing on her, in very loving terms, he says, I am the living water. Oh, God. I am the living water. Praise God. He is the living water this morning. He is here to quench your thirst in a way that you've never imagined. He is, where to give, he is here to give you satisfaction. He is here to fill you up. He is here to bring peace and joy. He is here to bring water into your life and wipe away all the shame, the hurt, the guilt, the sorrow, the shame. Whatever you have this morning, Jesus is here to wash it out. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus is here. And guess what? He comes to where you are. He went to the well. He went to the well. He went to the well where she was at. And listen, she was there in the middle of the day, which means that no one else accepted her either. She was a reject, and I'll explain why in a, mom- in a moment. I'll explain more. But she went there in the heat of the day. She was alone, which was unsafe. But Jesus met her where she was at. Praise God. He met her where she was at. Praise God. So many people tell me, they say, well, pastor, i got to get my life cleaned up before I go to church. That is nowhere in scripture. That is the lie of the devil. Jesus said, come as you are, amen? Come as you are. We'll fix it, amen? Listen, that's why I don't care if people show up in a dress. Come as you are. We'll fix it, amen? We're going to love them. We're going to teach them. We're going to show them. Come as you are. Praise God. If we reject everybody, then we accept no one, amen? I want to tell you this morning that God is going to send revival, and I want to be the church that people can come to, and they know that they're going to have the love of God, amen? But I want them to also know that we're going to lovingly correct them. We're going to lovingly tell them they need to change their life. We're going to lovingly tell them what you're doing is bringing death to your life. That's what Jesus does to this young lady. He begins to show her. He begins to teach her. 
He begins to demonstrate to her. He begins to show her. He begins to love on her. And she begins to become intrigued. You ever notice that with people? You tell them about Jesus, they become interested. In verse 5, excuse me, verse 15, I've heard this so many times from people. Verse 15, he says this, the woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Can, can we say that again? I know they're working to get it up on the screen, but listen to me. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, no come here to draw. See, she didn't quite understand what she was asking. She, she, she didn't understand the spiritual and the physical, how that interacted. And then Jesus uses this moment to highlight something in her life. And this is where people struggle. See, you can come to Jesus, but in coming to Jesus, you need to acknowledge your sin. A lot of people have a hard time with that. You've got to be honest with who you are. You know why? Because Jesus reveals it. He reveals it, amen? And that's hard to deal with, right? Because sin is shameful, isn't it? It's embarrassing. We don't, no one likes to talk about their past. I get that. But you, you, you can't hide it forever, okay? People, God knows, okay? And God says, listen, I want you to come with me, but we need to deal with this little problem right here. And Jesus looked at her, and you go under Scripture, and it says this. Jesus says, she says, I want this living water. And he says, good, go get your husband, and we'll talk about it. Because, see, that was what tradition dictated. You don't talk a woman alone. Oh, praise God, he just gave that to me. He says, you don't talk to a woman alone, so you have her husband present. But in saying so, it revealed something about her. He says, go get your husband and we'll talk. And the woman said, I have no husband. Let's look at what it says. He says, Jesus said to her, yes, go, call your husband and come here. Verse 17, he then says this. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said, you have well said, I have no husband. Verse 18, and then he goes a little bit further. He says, for you have had how many husbands? She's had five husbands. Now, on that day, that made her somebody who was looked down upon, shunned by society. People, even the Samaritans who looked down upon, who were looked down upon themselves, looked down upon her. So she wasn't just rejected by the Jews, she was rejected by her own people. Can we drill down on this for a second? Man, does anybody else feel the Holy Spirit in here beginning to just move and touch people? Man, I feel that. I feel that. You see, it's not just that she was rejected by the Jews, God's chosen people, but she was even rejected by the people from her family. That's why she was there alone. Remember I told you I was going to tell you later? She was there alone because she had nobody. And whenever you go through that divorce, there's that ultimate feeling of rejection. This person didn't want me. They didn't love me. 
Some of you are feeling that right now. You're feeling like nobody loves you, nobody cares about you. And I'm going to tell you, that's the devil whispering in your ear because we love you here. She felt ultimate rejection. And Jesus revealed that to her. He says, not only do you not have a husband, but you've had five husbands, and the one you now have is not even your husband. But you notice he's not saying that to condemn her. He's just revealing People get so mad at me sometimes. They say, Pastor, why did you tell all my secrets today in church? <laughs> yeah, I've had a few people yell at me over that. And I look at them and say, I don't know anything about what's going on. The Spirit spoke. Because I, can I tell you, what, the spirit, what you do in the darkness, the Spirit's going to stay in the light? Amen. Come on, that's why we get right with God. If you do it in the darkness, He's going to broadcast it because He wants you to come back to Him. That's the re Man, when I was a kid, and come on, go ahead and give the Lord praise. When I was a kid, when I was a kid and my mom wanted me to come home because I was outside playing, you millennials don't understand what that's like. But when I was outside playing and my mom would not do this, Keith, time to come home. Because I was a mile away, Right? I didn't hear her, but when she wanted my attention, she would yell at the top of her lungs. And it wasn't a pleasant yell. Because she already yelled twice, and I didn't hear her. <laughs> Some people know what I'm talking about. So she yelled. She's like, I'm not going to do it now because it'll bust your eardrums. But she has that Texas voice, Keith! <laughs> Don't tell her I did that. <laughs> And I knew, I knew, and man, at that point, I was the Usain Bolt of my generation. I could run so fast, I was leaping over buildings, getting back home, because I knew she meant business, right? And the same way, God's calling out to us, guys. He's calling out to us. When you do those things in secret, and you don't make it right with God, he puts it in the light, because it's his way of calling out to us and say, it's time to make it right. It's time to get right with him. Amen. Praise God. Give the Lord a praise offering this morning. Amen. And, but then, then she says something. Because you ever, you ever talk to someone and immediately they start throwing up, I used to go to church? You ever have that happen to you? I was talking to somebody recently and they say, and they told me, and I knew they were not a Christian. Well, you know, my dad's a pastor. I said, oh, pastor's kids. I understand that. Not my kids, but pastor's kids. She wasn't serving the Lord. And she started bringing up all this stuff. Well, you know, I used to go to church, and we worship God this way. And the same thing happened with this lady. This is what she says. It says in verse 19, the woman said to him, sir, I perceive you are a prophet. Notice the walls going up when she said that? Come on now, you know what I'm talking about? Sir, she stiffens up. She's like, all there. give me the water, give me the water, you're going to give me something, give it to me. Sir, I perceive you are a prophet. Notice the tonality change. Sir, I perceive you are a prophet. Our fathers, notice she becomes a theologian here. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain. She didn't say what they worshipped. She just said they worshipped. Did you notice that? Our fathers worshipped on this mountain. 
Why is it we do that? We know our lives aren't right. We know that we're not doing what we're supposed to do, but somehow we think because our fathers did it, that somehow justifies us. That doesn't justify anything. Our relationship is personal with God. It's not that it doesn't matter what your fathers did. What matters is what you're doing, amen? Your fathers can't save you. Only Jesus can save you. Only Jesus can save you, amen? Now realize, when I said that, there's going to be some people upset. They said, well, our fathers taught us this, but let, just give me a moment. Let me say what I need to say. Let, let me feel, hear what I'm saying. Because sometimes we rely so much on what happened, we forget that what's happening now. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place that we ought to worship. All right, this is going to rock your theology a little bit, okay? But I, I've just become agitated with a lot of things. Are you ready? I feel this tension in the room. <laughs> Can we quit arguing about church? Can we, can we just quit arguing about doctrine and theology? Well, you worship this way and I worship this way. Can we just stop? Can we? You know why? Jesus says this. And I, I want you to hear this. This is important. In verse 21, he said, Jesus said to her, woman. This was a term of respect, by the way. This wasn't, a, this wasn't an insult. He said, woman. By the way, by him showing her respect was probably the first time that's ever happened to her. Can I say, men, the way that we treat our women matters? Can I say that? Men, do not expect to be treated like a king when you don't, act, when you don't take care of your queen. That applies to your mothers, your aunties, everybody in your life, your daughters, don't expect to be treated like a king where you don't honor the ones that take care of you. Well, they say, well, pastor, they don't take care of me. Look at how you're treating them. Okay, I'm just gonna say that now. That's a different message, but I'm gonna keep going. All right, he says, women, believe me, the hour is coming where you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. Are you ready for me to blow your theology right now? We gotta forget about all the things that have been taught about us about this is how you worship, this is how you worship, this is how you worship. Because unless worship comes from our spirit, unless we worship in truth, we're not really worshiping, amen? We're only going through the motions. And let me tell you something about God. Let me tell you something about God. God hates performance. God hates performance. He says it over and over in the Old Testament. He hates for us to do things because it seems like it's the right thing to do. It seems spiritual. You know what God wants? God wants us to come in and weep before him. God wants us to come in and raise our hands and worship, not because the pastor said to, but because you want to honor God and you want to love God. God wants you to come in and kneel before him. God wants you to come in and lay prostrate before him. God wants you to come in and say, God, with all my heart, Forgive me of my sins. Let me worship you. You know what worshiping in truth means? 
When you don't tell the truth, what is that? It's a lie, right? If I raise my hands to look impressive, I'm being deceiving, and it's a lie. Right? You with me? If I do things in church to get attention, but it's not really God, it's a lie. Everybody with me? When I worship God in truth, my moment with God, I don't care about none of y'all. Because it's my moment with God. And I worship Him. I understand things need to be done in order. I'm not talking about that. But what if we stop dictating to God how we worship Him and we let God tell us how He wants us to worship Him? Can we do that? Can I also say, and here's where I'm going to get a little direct, okay? You ready? Everybody love me? Okay, maybe not. <laughs> Lord, help me, please. There's a tension between the culture and Christianity. Come on now. You know who put that tension there? We did. The church did. We did. We all did. We put that tension there. Guess who did not put that there? God. You guys with me? God made us who we are. So if you're particularly one culture, God says, I made you that culture. But in all things, there are things that we shouldn't do because they don't glorify God, right? That's in every culture. We don't have to identify that. God teaches us what that is. Amen? But it's time. It's time for the wall between the culture and Christianity to come down because guess what? We all believe in God. We all believe in his son Jesus. Then why can't we worship together? No one's really talked about this, have they? I've been talking about it for about a year now, but you, everywhere you go, ooh, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. We need to quit talking about what's bad and start talking about what's good, amen? We need to come together, amen? We need to come together. Man, I'm really struggling right now because there's so much I want to say, and I'm trying to find out, God, what's me and what's you. I will tell you that God, and again, I don't mean to call out anybody here, so please bear with me. Please love me. God is making an effort to meet the Native culture where they are. God is doing that. My, my native brothers and sisters, I'm not trying to point you out, please understand that, but I'm telling you right now, God is going to lift you up. He is going to restore you, amen? He's going to give you pride in your heritage again, okay? And guess what? If No one should ever tell you that you have to stop being native to enter those doors. It doesn't work that way, okay? Just like I'm white, I know that's a surprise for some of you. Will, I know you're shocked right now. <laughs> but just because my whiteness doesn't stop at the door, okay? I'm still white. And guess what? God loves. Can we talk about this? Is this okay? I'm saying some direct things here. You still love me, right? Okay, all right, just checking. It's time we stop putting labels on people, amen? 
It's time we stop saying, well, you're this, so you can only be this. No, you're this, and God has made you this, amen? God is the one lifting you up. And as long as you come to this church, I don't care if you yell a polka dot, I'm still going to love you, I'm going to encourage you, and we're going to lift you up, and we're going to serve God together, amen? And God's got a place for you in the kingdom. It's time we stop being ashamed of who we are and find out what God wants from us. This is where God, they said this in that scripture that I read from the beginning. He says, those that worship God will worship him in spirit and truth. He taught, there was a big S and there was a little S. Pull up that first verse, verse 24. Is that right? God is a spirit. Was it 24? Yeah, there it is. Notice the big S. God is a spirit. God is a spirit. Those that worship him must worship him in spirit. You know what that is? That's the smallest. That means the innermost being of who we are. That's that part that talks and communicates to God. And you know what's really cool about that? Is your spirit is different than my spirit, so we're going to talk to him differently. But guess what? God speaks every language. Come on now. Quit trying to be something you're not and adopt ways that you're not. Be you. Amen? If you want to talk to God in Klinkit, talk to him in Klinkit. If you want to talk to him in French, talk to him in French. If you want to talk to him in Mississippian, God may not be able to understand that, but no, I'm just kidding. God understands it, right? If you want to talk to him like a southerner, God understands that. The point is, talk to him, amen? Talk to him, amen? And then don't come to him. Don't come to him with an agenda. Don't say, God, I demand that you change yourself to my ways. That'll never happen. Amen. You know what? Here's what I know. I know that if you adopt yourself to God, you're going to realize that your ways are more in line with him than you realize. I'm not talking about sin. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about how you live. What I appreciate about the culture here is the affection for creation. The affection for the land, for the affection for the animals. I appreciate that. I love that. I think that's something we all need to do. But can we stop for a moment and realize that all of us are gifts from God to each other? And not only that, in our worship to him, we become a gift back to him. Brothers and sisters, can we quit worrying about things that don't matter? Can we quit worrying about things that really theologically, it doesn't matter? Can I share with you some pain that I have right now? And I think I talked about this last week, but I'm going to bring it up again. I think these numbers are accurate, so if I'm wrong, then forgive me. In the past six months, there's been three people that's died of a fentanyl overdose in Angoon. We're sitting here arguing about theology and people are dying. We need somebody to go there and say, I'm here to give you the living water. I'm here to give you hope. 
See, sometimes people in the village, I've lived in the village, I know what I'm talking about. They, they don't have hope because they don't understand what's out there and they turn to things they shouldn't turn to. We need somebody to go there and I believe God is calling somebody from the church. Man, I do believe that with all my heart. We need somebody to go to the village and say, hey, here's hope, here's hope, here's what you can do, here's what you can follow. And they may not listen right away and they may say, well, this is how we used to worship, but I'm gonna tell you right now, we can go, we can plant that seed and we can have people stop Stop dying from things. I'm a little bit passionate about this because people need the Lord. People need God. We must worship him in spirit and in truth. In other words, worship cannot come from the outside. But it comes from the inside out full of truth. It comes from in here. It comes from here. See, when you've been through it, and you've been through trials and tribulation, you know what I'm talking about. It takes everything within you to realize and to, to just give yourself to God at that moment. Brothers and sisters, God is looking for a people to worship him. And spirit from here and in truth. You know what happened to this lady? You know what she did? This is the cool part. Because everybody knew who she was, everybody knew. You've lived here long enough, you know everything about everybody, don't you? Everybody knew who she was, it was a village. But you know what she did? She ran back to the village. And she told everybody. She said, hey, come and tell, come and listen to the guy that told me everything I've done. <laughs> Can you imagine that testimony? We know what you've done. Yeah, but he didn't. Come, come listen to this man. He told me everything I've ever done wrong. But he's got something. Everyone in that village heard the gospel and received Christ. A bunch of Samaritans. People that were rejected. People that no, nobody wanted anything to do with. And God said, I need to go to Samaria. She ran. Can I say that it was a woman who did this? Not a man. It was a woman. God's going to raise us up some women preachers. Are, am I mic on? Come on, ladies, where are you at? You've been put down long enough. You've been told you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. It's not even in Scripture. Women have been called to minister the Word of God, amen? God has called female ministers. I believe that God has called some ministers here in this church. I believe God is raising people up, and I believe that God is sending revival, amen? And she ran, and she told the people, she said, hey, listen, what God has done for me, and when God has truly done something in your life, you don't shut up about it, do you? 
You tell everybody. You tell everybody. And because of this one woman, the whole village got saved. Can you imagine somebody in this church receiving the gospel of Christ? And they go to Fred Meyer, amen? They go to Safeway. They go to the Alaska State Legislator. They go and they say, hey, I got to tell you what God did for me. Come and hear the word of God. All of a sudden, we're opening up a church downtown because we don't have enough room here. I don't know how we're going to do that, but God does. All of a sudden, we're opening up a church at Og Bay because we don't have enough room here. All of a sudden, we're opening up a church at Douglas Island, and we got people stepping up, say, Pastor, God's called me to preach. I'll take care of that church, and I'll say, bless you. Go do it. Amen. Listen, God is raising this church up. God is raising you up. God is raising us up. But to do that, we got to face who we are and stop pretending Stop building those walls, acting like nothing's wrong with us. See, I'm going to say this all the time. We, we act like nothing's wrong with us, but there is. We need to make it right with God. Stand with me, please. listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.